Welcome to the CoinGam Podcast. I'm your host, Fritz Charles. On this podcast, we attack the crypto asset and blockchain space from all angles, from the underlying technology to the economic impact. Every single episode, we try to look at the blockchain space from a new lens, and this episode was no different. But before we start this episode, I wanted to share a bit about our advisory services. We've built a huge network of blockchain professionals who can help you out with your projects. Whether you want to launch an ICO or you're just looking to do some deeper research, we can put you in the right place. We have advisors, blockchain developers, and legal professionals. If you need help, just visit us at coingamma.com. Now, let's start the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Coin Gamma podcast. Today, we are honored to have an illustrious guest, Dr. Tiffany Gray of Blockchain and Health Global on the podcast. Dr. Gray is also an MPH. She has over eight years of experience in the public health, regulatory compliance, and the behavioral health research field. She holds a doctorate in public health and health behavior and a master's in public health and maternal and child health from the Milken Institute of Public Health at the George Washington University in D.C. She's currently the co-chair and advisor of the Global Health and Disaster Relief Subcommittee as part of the United Nations Blockchain for Impact and Sustainable Development Initiative, as well as research science advisor to Access and Eggs, a Dubai-based blockchain think tank focused on the applications of DLT technologies in public health, global health, and healthcare administration. That's that's a mouthful. A lot of healthcare. You you are healthcare. Yes. You're a healthcare a expert. Healthcare. <laughs> uh, I'm a public health nerd. That's right. <laughs> I that's love right. <laughs> um, and her areas of ex- uh, research expertise include mental health and wellness, behavioral health, substance abuse, and examining tobacco use behaviors. Obviously, I try my best to do justice to your background. I know that there's Thanks. probably a lot that I've missed. Please fill us oh, no. what I might have missed in that spiel as well as let us know how you kind of got into the blockchain space coming from health. I, uh, I think you covered it, covered it well. So I'm a new uh, fellow with blockchain and healthcare global, so with the mouthful. Uh, and like you mentioned, I'm also a research and science advisor with Axon Eggs, and we're based again out of Washington, D.C. and Dubai, and we have some partners and partner organizations out of New York as well. Um, so I am pretty new to the blockchain space. I got into blockchain uh, about maybe two years ago. Okay. I think everyone's still pretty new to the field. Of course. Um, I was still finishing up uh, my doctorate at GW. Okay. Um, and so I just graduated this past May. Um, uh, congratulations. And so, thank you. And so I'm appreciating not having to spend my weekends writing a dissertation. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, and so I'm exploring uh, the, I like to call this the land of what next now, um, into the next stage in, in my career. So I've been exploring a lot in blockchain, specifically in healthcare, um, and seeing how I can fit, um, or best how I can kind of bring my background and experience into into the field to do some real good work. Um, I'm a, again, I'm a researcher at heart. Um, and I'm always looking for ways in which we can incorporate research um, to develop programs and interventions to help um, vulnerable populations, communities of color, especially um, youth and young adults, um, just to improve overall well-being and, and wellness. And so I, you know, initially what I got into my kind of introduction to blockchain was very crypto heavy. Of course. Uh, and, you know, everyone was so excited. Oh, blockchain is the future. And I was like, I don't. 
okay, sure. (laughs) Like, so how is this actually going to do what you say it's going to do? And I feel like it's going to be a long time before we really see the true impact of what blockchain can do. I mean, it's been, as I've learned more, it's been, you know, the technology itself has been around a very long time. Um, you know, but now we're branching out to utilize it in different, different areas. Um, and so I think for me, the first time where I had my aha moment and where it just clicked for me and where I could see, okay, this is how I can fit into the space was probably this past May. Okay. Um, when I attended the, uh, Patientory Inaugural Health Summit down in Atlanta. Okay. And so it was very healthcare focused. And so I got to meet others in the space doing things around healthcare and wellness. And sure. the discussion was more, you know, outside of just wearables or electronic right. medical records. Of course. It was, you know, meeting people doing actual applications or trying to use it in different ways. Um, and then also thinking about, you know, in my head, it was like, all right, if this is going to be something in which, you know, we're giving individuals and patients and consumers access to their information, what we're going to have to do and what's missing from the conversation is thinking about health disparities, um, the uh, social determinants of health and bringing in that conversation, thinking about the policy behind it, the, you know, privacy. We already have trust issues within certain populations and communities. We already have disparities that exist. And and so for me, it was, if we don't start having these types of conversations early on, the gaps are only going to get wider because the individuals who take advantage of having access to their records or having access to their information or using these types of technologies and, and applications are going to be people who already kind of take ownership of their health are already kind of proactive about their health and interactions with their providers anyway, or, you know, have access to health insurance, et cetera. And those who where they just have basic access issues right. or entering the system way too late, it's probably not going to have the true impact that we want it to have. So that's, kind of where anytime I get an opportunity to whether it be on a panel or a venue like this to make sure that I highlight that of make sure that we are including the people that need to be included in the conversation um, or bringing the fact that these are the issues that we as developers and researchers and advocates and enthusiasts need to talk about if we are really working for a broader social impact of this course. is what we're going to have to do. No, no, I agree. I think, um, obviously, like you said, the first, your first uh, introduction to the space was crypto, the trading, the coins, all the things of that sort. Um, but I, I think the vision for the space is, is, is a lot more altruistic, um, something that's supposed to equalize folks. And I think it's so cool. It's very, very important to your presence in the space, given that you are able to talk about something that actually is tangible and something that can impact people. And when you when you mention kind of like the uh, disparities between you know different I guess social groups and distrust and things of that sort, I guess one one thing that kind of brings to mind you know obviously being African American, you think about the Tuskegee um, experiments mm-hmm. about was it almost a hundred years ago when they kind of uh, yeah. pumped, pumped in STDs into you know African American men in in the South, and then that kind of led to a lot of distrust and things of that sort. Is that kind of an example of what you're referring to? 
Exactly. I mean, that's just kind of the start, right? So people have a lot of, you know, distrust of, of medical fields and, and science and research. Um, they're very wary about taking part, um, especially, you know, thinking about, for example, there are individuals who, you know, we want to use blockchain to improve the speed at which we do research and get more access to data, right? Right. Um, but again, it's, you need the buy-in from people or people willing to share their information. But right. you have, I mean, everything from sterilization of women to in different countries and here in the States and, and Rietta Lat, you know, all of, of these different issues that are just lingering or have been passed down from generations of, oh, you can't trust medical providers or you can't trust scientists or you can't, you know, trust researchers. So why am I going to trust this new technology that wants to take all of my information and use my information? And you're telling me, just like they told me this medication is going to be good for me, just like they told me taking part in the study was going to help me or benefit my family. And all I got was sick and, you know, disease. Um, or no compensation for taking part in this. So, you know, those are the, the types of issues that still linger. I think there's been change over time, um, but still, you know, just, you know, just in general with privacy. I mean, everything from what we're going through with Facebook and uh, the government and, you know, people are just, I think a lot of people are just cautious about, having access to you know people having access to their information and what what does privacy mean right or you know you tell me i have access to it but do i really do i really control it do i really own it um so yeah and just i mean and along you know just outside of trust just again issues of poverty and you know income and i mean when we live in a world where even well-working educated people like us still have issues with accessing healthcare or the cost of insurance are just so heavy or we can talk about how when we're talking about births and and women black women of color and other women of color dying in childbirth yeah so serena Serena williams serena williams who's a exactly who's who's worth quite a lot um is Mm -hmm. it and you know it's so funny you say that i mean you know you know, you're, 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 you have a PhD, you have an MBA, like, I, you know, I could, I could explain blockchain and how it works was a very complex, but if you, if you ask me this to describe like PPO, EPO, all this, like all these insurance <laughs> terms and understand what's going right? on with my insurance, Aetna, the, there's like, when I go on Aetna, I, I still to this day cannot pick like the subsidiary Aetna United, United Health, you know what? And right? It's, like, it's I'm, very I'm confusing. I'm right? And I, I can only imagine somebody exactly. that, you know, has not, you know, kind of come across complex things either through work or through education. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, think, I think adding transparency is very, very important. I guess you mentioned the, obviously, the, uh, the you know, going back to um, Henrietta Lacks and that movie and, and, and um, what was going on at Hopkins. I guess if you were to take like a exa- that example and you were to make it, how would the blockchain improve that? Would the test be transparent? Like how would, how, how can a blockchain be used in a scenario like that or something similar? Uh, is um, there- I think it's, it's to talk about, well, in terms of, we can talk about it from how her, for both sides, right? In terms of transparency of, you know, she would have access, for example, to say, she would be able to take consent of say yes or no, you can't use my 
myself or, or, or my tests or my results. Right. And then that right. would kind of stop even being able to, to get to the point where we were today on the, right. the research side of things in terms of tracking for, you know, they would send the cells or different people would get samples, for example. So on that side of things, blockchain would allow you to track and uh, supply along when, when okay. it was shipped, when it was sent, how it was used, you know, your results, you can share it among scientists, you can share it among researchers, you can okay. see what someone else was doing, what someone else was working on. So those are kind of, of two ways in which that blockchain could utilize. And also a third way is um, tokenization, right? So if okay. she said yes, or every time, you know, someone used the, the, her cells, her and her family would be able to get compensated for that. Wow. Or rewarded for it. So, 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 so those are like the ways in which blockchain can be utilized, for example, in science yeah, yeah, yeah. and research. And tokenize, my, tokenize my blood. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's super interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could think about, if you think about like blood drives and things of that sort, obviously the main use of the blood would be to, you know, help people in need. But if there's a secondary use, because I'm sure not all the blood that gets donated is automatically, you know, given to the, you know, people that are in need, um, they could use it for testing and stuff like that. So maybe that could be something that incentivizes people to donate blood um, in times of need because you have that dual purchase, uh, dual purpose. Um, that's pretty cool. I mean, what I guess, obviously, you're, 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 in addition to this, you know, blockchain and healthcare global is that is that kind of your focus thinking about like uh data or what kind of projects do you kind of research or work on as part of part of that institution um so i'm still new to again just a new fellow but my focus will be again kind of starting to identify um you know use cases and starting to kind of implement research or getting working with organizations that are starting to look at blockchain or that are using blockchain specifically in research or clinical trials or healthcare, et cetera, both, you know, in the U.S. and globally to kind of start getting the impact data that we need of helping them as an organization see the impact that it has for them, as well as helping us as a broader community and, and blockchain community to better show like this is the impact that um, blockchain can have on not just for organizations, but also for individuals and for healthcare in general. So, um, and then right now we also, we're still, again, it was just launched uh, two months ago. It's, it's a trade association um, under IEEE. Okay. Uh, and still getting familiar with all the, all the terms, but right. basically our goal will be to kind of drive the, you know, the regulations and the policies and creating some standards for blockchain uh, in healthcare, um, both globally as well as um, for the different types of projects and work that come out of that. No, 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 super powerful, super powerful. Um, you know, one thing I think about, obviously, that's pretty, obviously, there's been like these, a lot of these tech startups um, have kind of um, attracted people to kind of uh, send in their DNA to get information about themselves, right? So 23andMe okay. is very popular. Um, there's uh, Ancestry.com. So, you know, people kind of do these tests for two reasons. Sometimes they want to kind of go back into to their lineage, um, particularly, you know, uh, Americans, right? So, you know, America, a lot of Americans okay. either come from, uh, you know, 
obviously America is only a little bit over 200 years old, right? So most people have lineages that go either to Europe or to Africa, right? And so a lot of people want to kind of test it, understand where they come from. Um, past, you know, their time in this new world or what have you, or, and also other people want to kind of get um, recommendations as to what kind of, uh, I guess, diseases that they could have high risk for um, based on their DNA testing. Right. Um, But then there's controversy, right? Because, you know, I think some of these platforms are just kind of, they're giving you these like kind of cookie cutter results, but then they're taking the data and using it as either doing tests on it. Um, I think I heard something about with 23andMe, there was uh, some kind of murder case that was solved because, you know, the uh, the uh, the, per- the suspect did a 23andMe test and then they took the, d- the DNA and tested it against the case data and then they found him. So, I mean, and so a lot of people are kind of like worried about that, right? Is that, A, is that a big deal? Um, what do you think about that? And B, um, is blo- if would integrating blockchain into some of these platforms help? Uh, issue that comes from it I think, so again that's that's the, the tricky question right so with the you're referring to the golden state killer so actually they found they were able to think through trace through family members so um, family members that had used i think 23 and me and so they were able to trace that back to him um again i think that goes back to there's a need for better policy and regulation in general to better protect consumers because you know for these companies their their goal is you know in their minds you know thinking if i was you know part of 23andme or ancestry.com or even i think it's african ancestry is a new one right. um you know our goal is okay we're using this data they're using it for good right so we are sharing it with app developers specifically healthcare app developers or companies like that and i think they just have a you just got a partnership with GlaxoSmithKline, I think. Wow. You know, for them, it's we're using this information in order to develop better medicines or or uh, cures. We're using this information to develop better tools for our consumers that the, we as consumers could use. So say you found out you were predisposed to a certain illness or disease in your family and you want to try to kind of mitigate that. So you want to get healthier. So everything from your wearables to tracking your sleep and your diet, you know, uh, my fitness house, stuff like that, right? Making sure. that much more user-friendly or making it more of benefit to you, right? So that's kind of, you know, if we're thinking it, thinking about it from a company standpoint, that's, that's their main goal, right? Or that's their, their reasoning behind, this is why we have access and use your, your information. It's not to harm you. Right. I don't think anything... I don't think any of these companies are out to take individual consumers and harm you and everybody's trying to make money, right? I mean, they're business at the end of the day. Of course. Um, but so if we're talking about, so again, one of the, the movements forward, again, will be working within policy and regulation to make sure that we are improving upon uh, privacy issues for individuals and giving uh, consumers actual control over again, like we talked about earlier, of whether or not you can opt in or opt out, right? Of course. Um, also, getting talking about how blockchain can help, like I mentioned before, you can get compensated um, for. Okay, if you want to use my information, I get compensated for that. I get of some course. type of, you know, money 
so that, you know, sure, go ahead, use my information. Or I could still say, no, you can't. Um, give me my information and, and that, that's the end of that. Um, so those are some ways in which blockchain, again, could be utilized. And then, again, it would help you track where, okay, if you're using my data, where is it going? Who, get, right. who is actually getting it? Right? And, again, having control over saying, oh, I, don't want, I want you to send it here, but you can't send it here. Or this person can't use it, but these people can. So those are some of the ways in which it could potentially be used um, to improve upon what we have. But again, it's gonna, I think a lot of these things will come down to more strict laws and to protect consumers. I think, again, people, like we talked in, Sam and I talked about in our live stream chat, brought up the issue of you know law enforcement and how or when is it okay for them to use you know, be able to use that information or have access to that, right? right? You know, is it public or what? what's public, what's not? Um, because again, that's an issue talking about communities of color. That's what people are worried about. Of course. You know, they're, you know, again, it's kind of like, well, you kind of took a really, you know, this killer off the streets, which is a good thing, right. but what right. happens when it's used to, you know, get somebody and, you know, who's innocent and now they're stuck in jail for the rest of their life. Right, based right. off of false information, right? So those are things that we do still have to look out for. It's not a perfect system. Um, so, but I think that's I think that's one of the issues you're going to face with any technology or any emerging technology is just there are always going to be these kind of fine lines that sure. you know we walk, and it's about you know. But again, if we can have tools that again give individuals true ownership of their information or true control or some type of control over their information, then that's going to be a step forward for us. Um, no. Emerging technologies. No, 100%. I guess I wanted to go back to your decision, you know, obviously, you know, uh, doing your PhD, I'm sure a lot of your, you had either your, your classmates either have gone into, or you even had opportunities to do more conventional things, right? Could have gone to a hospital, could have gone to another university and kind of kept doing research could have gone to the UN, you could have done national, like NIH. There's so many things you could have done, right? Obviously you picked, you picked, uh, you're picking blockchain, which is so new, so novel. Um, a, did a lot of your professors look at you like you're crazy? And B, do you think that this would be <laughs> a big trend? Do you, you, do you think that other people will follow your path and kind of, either people that have come from med school or have done programs like yours or MBHs would go into kind of blockchain in the future? I think, one of, yes, people do look at me like, oh, they sent you here, there's, you know, it's so new, or there's not like, there's no money in it right now. And it's, right. But for me, what I've done is I have, when I've chosen opportunities within blockchain, they have still been in line with why I chose public health in the first place. For me, sure. why I love research and love public health is the ability that it gives me to work on I don't have to necessarily stick to one research area of and course. it's still allowing me, it's very interdisciplinary. So it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm giving up my kind of conventional, you know, I'm still looking for things to do research. I'm still actually, I still need a job. So I'm still looking for, sure. you know, most conventional things like to work at an NIH or to work at a Deloitte or a Booz Allen. And those, even those, areas or those conventional areas are starting to look at some of these emerging technologies and it's going to be something that I coming in having knowledge of blockchain 
and having kind of my entry into it can bring, you know, that's an extra kind of skill or, or extra piece of knowledge or experience that I can bring into the work that we're currently doing and say, hey, so that's what we need to do is we need someone to start putting it on people's radars 100%. or helping people. There's still a huge need to get people to wrap their, their minds and heads around what is blockchain or mm. people tell me this is going to be great for me in the work that I do, but I don't understand how. So I can be that person that comes into those more conventional places and say, Hey, so I know we do X, Y, and Z, but this is how it can improve upon the processes, our processes, right? Whether it be the way in which we distribute grant funding, our grant admin process, or just, you know, the, the research science process in general. So there's still room for both of those things. Um, and I think that uh, there will be people, I think there definitely are people within my field and in other fields in science and STEM that are looking into, you know, new technologies like blockchain or just digital health tools in general. So right. I think those, those individuals definitely exist. Um, you know, I'm, Speaking of some things that I'm really excited about in terms of like I, I do substance use research or have done substance use research. And so Tori Adams from Consensus and her work that she's sure. looking at in terms of utilizing blockchain to improve upon the opioid crisis and how we can address different areas of that from the recovery and treatment process everywhere down to supply chain and how, you know, tracking how these drugs are even entering our communities and our systems anyway. So there's a lot of room for for both and so that's why I again when I learn more about what people are doing in blockchain and healthcare specifically I was like well this is something that I can still do what I love most um, and still be involved in something kind of new and emerging. No I like it I mean similar to like how when the internet or tech kind of was was relatively new or mobile everybody kind of used that as an industry but the real thing is it's how it's being applied it's not an industry it's a exactly. tool right it's a technology right, right? um so yeah. it's like you don't have the website industry it's there's a e-commerce website there's a website for you know an educational institution and all that kind of stuff. so i guess it's it over time yeah, you're right it's kind of just going to be it's not going to be like blockchain in, in healthcare it's going to be something that is you it's, it's a tool within healthcare just like you know, you know, all healthcare organizations use have websites and have tech platforms. Um, pretty cool. So I guess when you know, we kind of kept it a lot, very theoretical. You mentioned actually a real project, which uh, with with the uh, kind of the opioid or the, the the tracking that the individual from Consensus is doing. Are there any other cool like live projects that are kind of doing blockchain in in in, in healthcare together? There are a couple. I, I, I mean, a lot of them that I know of are, again, are emerging. I'm really okay. interested in seeing what Patient Tori is going to do. Okay. Um, Crystal McFarland down at, in Atlanta is doing some great work with her with her app and application. Um, again, I'm really, really interested in seeing how this consensus project develops. Right, um, right. There's uh, Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick. She does digital health literacy. Okay, okay. Um, but she's looking, she's again a, a physician by training and she, an epidemiologist by training, but she's looking in, you know, she's new to blockchain and thinking about how she can incorporate that into some of the work that she's developing. Of course. So those are some of the projects that I can think of um, off the top of my head, but there's tons 
of different projects. I think there's a project Bowhead Health out of Canada. Okay. Um, again, being able to utilize blockchain to, again, giving people access over their information and utilizing that to uh, provide better systems or better methods of, of health and wellness. Right. Um, so there's a lot of different applications out there that I'm, you know, I'm really interested in seeing how it moves forward. Sean Mannion is again pushing for uh, fast miracles and and in terms of research and science and how we can go about, um, you know, improving upon that process. So there's a lot out there that I'm, you know, keeping an eye out and very interested in hearing more about. Yeah, and, awesome. And keeping yeah. an eye out for. Yeah, sounds like sounds like like you said. I mean, it's a lot of exciting things, but yeah, obviously we're at the ground level, which even makes it more exciting, right? Because you could you could yeah. drive more impact because you you you'll be a a trailblazer. Um, you know, obviously you you have a ton of knowledge, a ton of information. Um, we would love to keep you in a podcast even longer, but you're you're very busy, um, <laughs> so you know we'll, we'll let you go. But you know, if people want to kind of reach out to you and keep in contact or follow, you know, some of your research or what have you. What where should they go? So you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Gray Health or uh, on my website as well as drgrayhealth.com. Um, and you can find me also on Instagram. I have a different Instagram. It's like gray.r.t. Um, okay. I share a lot of cooking and food and some okay. blockchain stuff more right. about my running from personal. Sure. I don't mind sharing sure. uh, sure. that journey post-life. And also on LinkedIn as well. You can look me so up. So all, 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 all your cooking is healthy. So any, they eat anything that you made <laughs> your thing and they're going to live a long I, time. I love again like if this I think when if you ever ask that question of what would you be doing outside of, of science and research I'd probably be in food I'd be working okay. in uh, Bon Appetit their test kitchen or food 52 I love oh, to bake sick. so I do you know like most of the time I eat healthy I'm a runner so I'm always training for some race um so I try to keep myself you know fairly healthy but I love to bake cookies and cakes and, okay. and Keep it balanced. You know, cooking all kinds of things. Keep, it's, about, it's all about balance. You gotta, you know, you gotta enjoy life. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, <laughs> keep, we'll keep that in mind. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. And it's a wrap for this episode of the Coin Gamma Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please share it out with members of your network, friends, family, associates. And most importantly, please leave a review on your podcast listening platform, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. That really helps the podcast out. It helps us get more exposure and share our content with more people. And don't forget, we're available to help you out with your blockchain related projects just reach out coingamma.com until next time